You can't touch this. And welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, the Kaiser, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by uh, an illustrious guest. Some would say a podcasting supernova, a podcasting uh, team of uh, genuine ability. Why is everyone laughing? (laughs) I'm laughing. No, but look at... Not in Mike. Yeah, not in Mike. Still put me off to a bad start. Because I had that, a whole big thing. I was going to call you. I was pointing at Dermot here. I was going to call you uh, all the skill um, of a, a podcasting giant. All pointing at Louis now. All the flair of a number ten, and of course uh, the water carrier, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Diddy de Champs of the podcast. I will take that. It's not the first time I've been called a Diddy either. So, <laughs> <laughs> good work. That is the voice of Christopher Bowd. Christopher Bowd, welcome as always. Um, how are you? I'm good. Good. Um, you're wearing your 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 jean look is terrific. Um, yep. I mean they do look pre-markish. They do look a bit of fiver, but it's when you wear them for the first time and they look excellent, and then you wash them and you you're nowhere in them again. This is this is next, mate. Best of gear. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Yeah, when when you came in the shop, they went next because oh. <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, Louis McCaffrey, Louis Dog. It's great to be here, Christopher. Great to be here. Very excited. Lovely stuff. You got a, you, you've got a look of intensity about you that yeah, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm about. feeling quite intense. Aye. Intense. Going forward to this. Lovely and partner him, partnering him on the couch uh, for, for the last couple of weeks. And again, it's uh, Dermot. We can't even say welcome back because you're just part of the. Back in the squad now, back in the first team rotation. Right. Yeah, yeah, until it comes to the Rangers game. Yeah. Bumped. <laughs> Bumped. <laughs> That's true. What's that all about? <laughs> Get your stick the the games and then... Look, listen, we need we need a squad. Uh, but no, um, so rotation, um, the, the kind of turn-up of uh, Cynics has been terrific, uh, and that's the allure in a lot of ways. Um, we want to start by thanking everyone who has went on to our iTunes and subscribed and left a comment. If we could encourage you just to, if you haven't done that already, that would be terrific if you could get involved, because we get into the top 10 of most downloaded sports podcasts in the United Kingdom, and we made it into the top 50 of most downloaded all categories podcasts um thanks to everyone who has uh, taken the time to subscribe and to leave a comment we genuinely do appreciate it we do this for nothing other than just enjoyment and we hope you enjoy it too and uh, if you want to follow us on twitter at 90 minute cynic and uh, yeah thanks for getting involved louis you want to make a little comment you're the guy who always pushes the itunes basically said to me before we started push the fucking itunes and he banged the table uh yeah I really want you to do it if you're listening to me right now. Um, See, Louis, give us five stars. Louis, a good-looking wee guy, right? Oh, cheers! And uh, that voice is pretty sexy. So, thanks, man. 
that's a thing. If you've so got an iPhone, though, chances are you can see the five stars there. And if you've not left a review, they're just wee stupid grey stars. Yeah. So we want to light them up. Chris, if you don't re- leave a review, you're an asshole. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> uh, I concur. Concur. That's a, yep, that's a, that's a positive part. Yep. He's looking like a, a character from the Lord of the Rings with his beard. Am I right, guys? Dermot? Gimli? That's a guy, right? I don't know. I didn't really watch Lord of the Rings. Well, I wasn't into you can join my fellowship. By simply leaving a five star review <laughs> on iTunes. What an absolute gentleman! That is terrific. You know, you're man of the world. I am geek. geek. <laughs> says says Dermot, who collects jazz this records. Podcasts all over the shire. Come on! <laughs> oh, look at this guy. Good work. Uh, okay, so what we're going to do is we're just going to start. We've got an interesting kind of section we're going to talk about towards the end of the show in terms of looking at the season from January onwards, the second half of the season. But we'll get to that. We're going to start by talking about. The game of the weekend, which, from my point of view, I watched it in the pub and I watched it without alcohol, which was fucking tough. <laughs> I'll be oh, that's war. Yeah, oh, from the tough, oh, that down. from the tough streets of Queens beep. Park. Beep. There you go. Beep. Uh, so I watched it in uh, the Queens Park Cafe with my father. It was a frustrating afternoon uh, but i want to get you guys opinions and thoughts on it first so what we're going to do is we're just going to go around initial thoughts Dermot, on the actual game uh, i didn't think it was great at all uh, i can agree that the the sending off ruined it a bit uh, they they sat back sat back so much uh, i don't think we were really shown much before that though i was quite impressed with motherwell in the in the first half generally um and i was just kind of back down to earth after the week before wasn't it yeah um i think it was quite funny that the, a lot of the talk in the paper was Barry Ferguson talking about playing against 10 men <laughs> and then just the the irony of the fact that we get kind of sent uh, we got had to play against 10 men uh, Louis thoughts just on the kind of match overall I mean as Dermot says the week before was quite a quite a high in a lot of ways and then kind of brought back down to the earth yeah it was it was quite boring I was um Full of optimism when I saw the team came out, and a couple of people that I'm sure we'll talk about, I was quite yeah. excited to see. But yeah, it didn't kind of didn't happen again. I think that's the kind of story of our season where we've kind of we've most of the time we've got the job done, but not really excited. This time it was a nil nil draw, which to be fair was probably was was probably fair on both teams. Yeah, um, bowed. What did you make of it? It sounded like I was going to say something else there, but yeah, no, I was I just was asking you what you made of it. It's terrible. I was... Um, Hungover? I was hanging. So it was actually a challenge to watch it. It was just that boring and terrible... Aye, it was just a disappointment. <laughs> like, your li- like your life? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> One long... <laughs> apparently never-ending disappointment. <laughs> drawn out... <laughs> drawn out taking it too much like this joke and your life no um okay so i want to start like we can go through the players and you know i'm actually interested to hear your opinion of uh tom Rogic louis um so quick to praise um and you know maybe go over the top sometimes Nah, you don't actually i, I agree with you in the most points but let's start with let's start with the sending off um firstly was it a sending off? I'll start with Boud. Was it a sending off? And uh, well, actually, I just realised. Fucking, I just realised who I'm asking. Well, you know my answer because I'm going to be right. <laughs> and the correct answer is, of course, it was a sending off. Are you all fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> the guy kicks out at him. Well, he doesn't. It, it, 
Did it hurt Scott Brown? Well, nothing. Nothing could hurt Scott Brown. Could have used a ballistic missile, it wouldn't hurt <laughs> Scott Brown. But you don't kick a guy. What, what match have you seen where somebody kicks somebody and it's no ascending off? And it shouldn't have been ascending off. And okay, and okay, the original challenge. Look at his wee right hands, like he's, um, <laughs> he's full flow. We, we need to get the gesticulating. We need to get the camera for this. Um, the, the initial challenge was he was lucky he wasn't sent off for that. Uh, okay, so his back spins into him and heals him in the stomach. Um, he's not a wrestler for fuck's sake. Exactly, <laughs> two red cards. That's what should have happened. <laughs> he's lucky he got one. Jesus, oh, I hate, if you bump into uh, Kipri in the <laughs> Glasgow City Centre, <laughs> you'll fucking have. Uh, Dermot, um, so that's Boud's thoughts on it. Um, what are your thoughts on it? And I'll come to you in a second, Lee. Yeah, I think it was so wishy-washy the way he sort of flicks his leg out uh, that it was just disappointing that he was sent off. I mean, I, I found it hard to see. Was there really intent there? You know, when I, I saw it, the, fir- in the first viewing, I thought, oh, actually, he's, he's looked like he's meant to try and stamp him. Then you see it again, like I thought... He's kind of waved a weak ankle in there and kind of <laughs> sort of caressed his calf or whatever. And I'd like, nah, I wouldn't have caressed his calf. Well, boys, that's kind of what he was trying to do. You know, it's it more homoerotic than anything else. <laughs> so it wasn't violent. The perfect comparison is Yuzo. No, it's not. It is. He did something stupid, which he shouldn't have <laughs> done. <laughs> He's barely touched it. The guy's exaggerated. He didn't need to fall, but he has elbowed him in the face. <laughs> He's kicked Scott Brown. So you're saying Scott Brown exaggerated? I'm saying Scott Brown wasn't hurt, <laughs> but, but nothing yeah. hurts him, so he has to act exactly. like he's a hu- he has to act exactly. like he's human. Is the point? Bingo, bingo, bingo. Uh, Louis, was that a send-off? No, pathetic decision from a terrible referee who simply can't do his job. Can't manage a game of football. The e- the much easier, better thing to be to have done in that situation was just have a word with him. Well, if you really feel as if you have to do something. Then make up some cut. rules about the game of football. Just bring in new rules. Oh, you can kick guys as long as I have a word with you. That isn't a rule in football. I don't know why people are making up rules oh. to the game. Associate association football. They'll set rules. We all know them. I can list every single one of them for you. Don't worry. Go for it. Uh, number one. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought it was a sending off as well. I think really? no. Well, the fact is, Bow's right. When do you kick the out? Intent. When do you kick out at someone and don't get sent off for it? I'm surprised they sent him off. That's yeah. different. Should Brown have been sent off as well then? Because he pushed him. Because one used a he foot, and one used a, a hand. Brown was using him as leverage to get. A br- <laughs> oh, come on, behave yourself. Even, even Bow's looking at me like, for fuck's sake, great. No, what I mean is right. So. In essence, he was just nudging him, saying that was a terrible challenge. <laughs> no, lucky not to have been sent off. In essence, um, what I would say is, right, so Scott Brown has, and I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it anyway, has used all of his experience to essentially goad, to goad him in. He's done him like a kipper. He's done him like a kipper. He's absolutely done him like a kipper. He's done him like a kipper. Oh, there we are. Um, so Dermot doesn't think it was a sending off? No. I, I think, I can see why it was given as a sending off uh, of I was shocked that it was actually ascending off, but I don't think. I think if uh, Kipri really wanted to hurt him, he would have, you know. But it's not about whether you want to hurt him, though, is it? Well, there's a bit of intent. Just sort of waving your foot at someone isn't automatically dangerous player ascending off, or you know, I mean, violent I, conduct. Again, back to the point. Um, I don't think he probably should have sent him off, but I get understand why he did. So, in essence, it is ascending off. But I'm surprised we got it. Uh, I was genuinely surprised that we got it, but 
at the end of the day. In fact, Louis, let me ask you this. Did them getting that send them off, um, was that lucky for them? <laughs> was it lucky for them? Was it lucky for them? Did Not they play better afterwards? Was it a bit of luck for Mr. Robinson? I don't think they played better afterwards. I, I thought, like Dermot said earlier, I thought they were playing quite well up until the sending off. They were pressing us all over the pitch um, and, and, you know, high Eight up the chances, pitch. Chances, not great chances necessarily. No, yeah. not. Chances enough, though. They didn't, I wouldn't say they looked particularly threatening in, t- in terms of front in front of goal, but they weren't a team totally on the back foot, if you know what I mean. Like, we didn't have it all our own way, and it was, I thought it was quite an even game. I didn't think we were playing very well, to be honest, but um, it was quite an even game. And then, obviously, when the sending off happens, they just, you know, defend for our lives, part the bus, whatever you want to call it. And we had to then break down, try and break them down, and we couldn't. And, I mean, they done really well to limit the amount of space. I mean, they had very few, like, hardly any space between their players when we were in the final third and then every time any one of our players got the ball on the edge of the box someone was right out to them putting pressure on them so they defended really really well I think um, yeah. in the second second half of the game um, so I think I think for Motherwell it was a it was a good point they would have probably been happy with a point going into the game so they would have been happy with it but um, they might be a wee bit frustrated that they couldn't have kind of shown more. Uh, Dermot, Louis makes an interesting point, a, a point I agree with, um, that, and you also made it yourself about Motherwell actually kind of looking quite impressive. If we were going to score bef- when it was 11 versus 11, where would you have seen it coming from? Because that's, I kind of struggle to see us actually yeah. scoring. I mean- I think it was one of these where you're you're kind of watching the game. You're waiting for Celtic to wake up, yeah. Where you can see the other team, you know, doing well. But you know, I didn't think Motherwell were going to win the game. I, I kind of just thought that we would something would happen from somewhere and that would create it. And that's what's been, I think, quite disappointing about Celtic is that you get these wee flashes or individual moments, but the actual performances for the last sort of couple of months haven't really been there. There hasn't been. And and that's the thing, when, when those performances aren't there, um, as long as you get the points. I, th- I think the performances get glossed over. If you get the points. Yeah, the points in the back. I, I think when you stop to maybe, you know, because let's be honest, football teams run with a little bit of luck. All football t- teams do. It seems like we've been quite unlucky this season. Um, we've maybe, we had so much luck going into last season. Hard work, of course. Momentum, of course. But, Luck as well. You you don't go throughout. You don't go unbeaten an entire season without a little bit of luck, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I just Tom Rogic, um When we saw the lineup, were you happy the fact that we had Rogic and uh, French Eddie and uh, Dembele going into this game? Yeah, I thought it was quite brave. Um, I was slightly disappointed with Rogic. Uh, although I mean, it's just feet are exceptional at times. <laughs> you, you do just see him sort of dancing past folk. Uh, I was glad uh, French Eddie was getting a getting a run out after his performance against them and yeah Dembele's frustrating know, yeah, fr- he's very frustrating he's, he's not really at the heights you know that we, we know he can and it was, it was more or the same at the weekend uh, Boud uh, we saw an interesting um, formation not necessarily formation as in the actual formation that we use but personnel within that formation uh, McGregor playing at left back and Jack Hendry at right back. Um, thoughts? Do you think it kind of? 
causes a little bit of an issue, the fact that we didn't have two natural fullbacks. Hey, it's always going to impact you in losing Tierney, who is undoubtedly one of our best players. He's fucking amazing, isn't he? He's... No, I was going to say something, but I won't. But I, he's amazing. It's like someone's put a magic spell on him. For example, what would a magic spell be? Like, if, sorry, go on. <laughs> he looks like he's in Lord of the Rings. It's not. It's a, it's, very, it's a visual gag. Yes, it's a visual gag. Uh, aye, but yeah, uh, fair play. I actually thought McGregor, considering he's he's going into a position he's not hugely used to. He has played it in the past for us, but he he, he um, kind of held himself admirably. But uh, I disagree. I don't. I, I'm not saying he had, a, he had a great performance, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. What about Jack Henry playing right back? That seemed a bit weird, considering we had Lustig on the bench. Um, like Lustig or not, think he was. He's should be had have bricks tied around his feet and thrown off the Clyde or not? Because that seems to be the fucking. Mm-hmm. It's one extreme or the other. Calm down. <sighs> Now I know how you felt felt the last couple of years with Scott Brown before Brendan Rodgers came in. Um, No, but having Lustig on the bench and him not starting... um, Um, I I think Henry is a centre-back, but I'm glad to see him getting games. And I think Lustig needs a wee rest. He's going to be playing for Sweden. I mean, it... No, but he's already had two weeks off. I mean, how much of a rest do you really need? Um... I, again, I think. But then, I, I think Hendry went in because he came on and played well in the the Rangers game, and that that was a. a I think that for him was a well done. You know, same way with Edward. Edward, I think, started because he he done what he done in the game and won as the game against Rangers. So he came in as a a bit of a you know, here you go. This is your just reward, and I, I think that's fair enough. No, I think it's fair enough, and I I, comp- I, I completely agree. Uh, you know, just let Boyata get his wee reward. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Boyata in a second, um, unfortunately. We'll talk about Tom with you in a second. We'll go to the, the Roger Corner um, with Louis. Um, <laughs> Can I just say on McGregor, I thought... McGre- I feel sorry for McGregor because... McGregor, is, his best position is in the centre of the park. And he's not going to get to play there now. That Tam's back... And Cham and Brown and Cham is now in the team and nailed on. Um, Although he wasn't great at the weekend, but he is. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, but but that's his position now. And okay, Armstrong came on, but I think that was more just to get some game time into Armstrong than anything else. I, I know he wasn't great, but I still don't think he's one of the players that you would look to take off. I thought Armstrong, played other it. than the fact that Armstrong had to come on, but. McGregor I feel sorry for because I, I think out wide McGregor is he, he struggles to influence the game um, and I, I just felt every time he was out wide he, you know it just wasn't happening for him yeah. um, and he's, he's much better getting in and about things receiving the ball I mean he he's one of the best at being able to take the ball in tight areas and very quickly move it on I mean it, it takes players with a lot of technique to be able to do that well and yeah. do it well. Tom Rogic, I think, personally does it the best in the team. He can receive the ball, whether he's got a man tight on him, take it into feet, quickly pass it on or just hold the ball up. I mean, the amount of times Tam gives the ball away is very few. He did do it a couple of times in the World game. 
But McGregor's of that same kind of ilk where I think he's just fantastic technical ability, but it has to be used in the right areas. I think the issue with Tam, uh, and we'll get to t- the Roger Corner in just a second, is, um, but I just want to make this point before going back onto the, I want to ask you your question, Dermot. The, the issue with, with Tam is I think he tried to do too much on Sunday. Uh, and, and it cost him. He was l- legitimately tra- trying to win the match on his own. Now, that might have been partly because a lot of people were having a poor game. Um, but I like the fact that he was trying to win the game on his own as well. I like the fact he was like, fuck this, someone needs to take responsibility. Absolutely. But at times, I think he overdid it. But we'll get to that. Is there an issue? Because um, we're back to the fullbacks. Calm down, Stephen Thompson. We're back to the fullbacks. Uh, is there a danger? Dermot, that um, McGregor, because he doesn't have a nailed-on set position, could struggle. Could be, could be have the worst thing done done to you and be labelled the new Charlie Mulgrew, <laughs> a man for every position except a good yeah, one. Because I mean, I think he's more likely to be a kind of McNamara type oh, that can good. actually bring something to the team rather than Mulgrew. Who, I'll be honest, I never rated at all. No, never rated uh, him, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's he's unlucky, and I totally agree with what Louis is saying. His technique's excellent. He he holds on to the ball, that can uh, continuity player, or whatever you would call him, that keeps the ball moving. Yeah. Links up brilliantly. Uh, but Tam just has more ability and more kind of flashes of genius. Uh, Masonda's not really had a, a run out yet, but I expect he would be fitting into the same type of position. Um I think McGregor's a great player and he would more and more he'd be at the forefront of my mind for playing in a lot of games. So if, if Tam wasn't 100% fit, I would have McGregor in there ahead of him. Yeah, I think that um, just on the point about the, you know having Henry and having uh, McGregor there, KT pushes the team on so much. Um, he pushes the entire left-hand side up and yeah. so pins the you know takes so much pressure off the rest of the team. Takes so much yeah. pressure off. That's what we were lacking a little bit. And that's not getting at McGregor or Jack Hendry. Um you know, people slag and criticise Lustig. Um and you know, sometimes I can I can understand it. I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I think it's a lot of the time the system that Rogers wants him to play. So we'll attack down the left hand side, Lustig will tuck in. Um, and but, won't, won't go over the right hand side and don't say it's just because he doesn't have the legs because you know he does it for Sweden he, he overlaps for Sweden and he can do it So, but, but, he can, but the thing is he can't do it to the same intensity and, it, and, and the same consistency as what Tierney can and it makes us very lopsided if we had and we're not going to get it because he's a one off but if you had another Tierney on the right hand side the, the whole thing becomes so much more even and uh, so much more imp- uh, um, unpredictable, if you know what I mean. Like a lot of our, our attacks come down the left hand side because of that, be- because we've got an extra man always over on that side that we don't have on the right hand side. If we had two of them bombing forward, then we can have quick switches of play from either side, which obviously I'll, is going to stretch team. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of a similar system. <laughs> Manchester United in the nineties. Dennis Irwin on the left, Gary Neville on the right. Gary Neville bombed forward. Irwin went forward, but he didn't bomb forward. And that's kind of what we have. We have The point is, they, if we have uh, one specific side that's going to attack aggressively and one side that will push to a point, it might make us seem like we're lopsided, but what it also does is it pushes all of their defence and all of their attacking players to one side, which actually 
alleviates play for the inside midfielder. But oh. there, there is there is definitely some there is some thought going into Lustig not going over the halfway line because he doesn't do it not because he can't but because he's told not to. I don't think the Man U thing really holds up because uh, Giggs was in left. Yeah. And oh, like I just, G- I just was, uh, listen. I, I, I chose, I chose any two fullbacks there. Back, that yeah. I just completely made that up because yeah. <laughs> Dennis Arwin used to get in the byline all the I time. Know, one of the best crossers of the, the ball. Name in the team sheet, exactly. Ferguson, um, but no, you know what I mean, though. Um, so, but the point being about Jack Henry and uh, McGregor is when they went to ten because they had the guy sent off. They basically played with ten men behind the ball essentially, but they were so. If we had fullbacks. Pushing as far in as they could, I think it would have given us a little bit more penetration. Um, and Jack Henry didn't go as far as even a Gamboa would have, because I don't think he knows that position. I'm not. Listen, if we'd had eleven versus eleven, I think we would have won. I think we would have had a piece of magic. It would have been more even. There would have been more space in behind. But the fact that we went down to ten, they became very very compact, which made it harder for us to penetrate. Bowed. Sorry, Dermot, you're going to say that? I mean, we should have won when uh, Sinclair went through, to, to be oh, honest. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, you knew that he was going to miss, and that's what I hated about that. just a total lack of confidence, though, wasn't it? I mean, you just saw him pick up, and you thought he was right through here. It's far too, much, far too much time. Yeah. Do you think it has a lack of confidence? Yeah. Or, because the, he's got the ability. He can't yeah. say he's not got the ability. Would never it's a mental, a mental thing. Goes back to, well, it goes back to, if we go back to Ibrox last season, we won 5-1. Sinclair literally missed about four yeah. guilt-edged opportunities. I don't think it's just confidence. Sorry about it. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say Sir Manny's posted a, well, kind of two questions about the really. One of them is about Sinclair. Okay. Uh, also, Sinclair, top of the goals and assist charts, but has been acknowledged widely as being poor. Are we too harsh on him, or is he just too much of a passenger at the moment? Is that from Chris Sir Manny? That's from Chris Sir Manny. I'm going to send that, give uh, Louis McCaffrey, because I know that you and uh, Sir Manny are very close um, and agree on everything. So absolutely. <laughs> what what do you think about that? Are we too harsh on him? Uh, <coughs> no, I, I I don't think we're being too harsh. I think we're as we usually do in this podcast. We get it pretty much spot, spot on every time, <laughs> even when we all disagree. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, when no one makes a decision. No, I, I th- there's no way that you can say that Scott Sinclair has really shown much. That you know what you know what Scott Sinclair probably typifies Celtic this season. He scored the goals, but his performances haven't been great. That's that's us in a nutshell. Yeah, you know. And then what? And then how do do you criticise him? How can you criticise if we're still winning games, but we're not playing as well? How can you criticise Scott Sinclair when he's scoring goals, but? Is he exciting anybody? Is he fulfilling his potential? Is he playing as well as he was last season? No. I think people need to... People confuse the idea of criticising a player because you don't think he's on form with criticising the player overall. We're not saying in any way that Scott Sinclair's a bad player. He's clearly not a bad player. He's clearly got... He's clearly one of the best players in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, He's off form, though. And I don't think that can be questioned. 17 goals stretches back to uh, the Champions League qualifiers and it stretches back to Linfield. What I was going to say is, so how many goals? Wrong, but did they not get eight goals in like a nine consecutive game stretch near the start of the season? Probably, so yeah. I mean, we should have actually looked. When was his last goal? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I can't actually think off the top of my head. <clears throat> um, but then I think Rogers has recognised that a bit. Yeah. You know, he got taken off 
in the game what was the game before the Rangers game you get taken off at half time uh, you get taken off at the, Mor- the Morton game get taken the off. Morton game yeah was it Morton game and um, and then he didn't he didn't uh, play in the, the Rangers game so you know and then came on again I don't know I, I, I can't say I really feel sorry for him he, he just it's just really frustrating, I think. I, I don't think the guy looks as if he's really enjoying his football right now. And, you know, that that, that was his problem. That was the reason why he came here in the first place. He's, he's, he's had issues in the past with second season syndrome at clubs. Uh, I know that he started pretty well at Villa and it kind of... Well, the Villa one is tough because Villa's a fucking basket yeah. case of a club. Um, obviously, Man City didn't get his chance. Swansea... <coughs> I could start. What were your thoughts on it, Dermot? How how do you solve a problem like Sinclair? I think it's very difficult uh, because you're not really wanting to destroy anyone's confidence. But confidence does appear to be one of the main issues. Uh, so dropping a player like that is that going to make the situation worse? worse yeah, I, th- I think Rogers totally right. He, he's recognised that he's he's not been bringing much to the team at all, uh, and hence that's why he was dropped. Uh, I don't think players getting a bit of a rest. Uh, now and again is a bad thing uh, the issue with Celtic over the years is that we don't tend to do squad rotation in any way and the best you've you've got your your kind of set team so when someone's not in it they know they're they, they, they're dropped basically uh, I mean Sinclair would you just give him a wee bit of a, a break for a while and just say listen just Let's, uh, as in send him away like say listen take a couple of weeks off I will basically be listen don't worry about it you know you're, you're one of the best players in Scotland you're, you're excellent you're going to be in my plans but yeah, I mean just go away and kind of chill out and think about what's uh, what you can do to sort of I, get better. I also think he's he's fallen victim a wee bit to Kieran Tierney's success as well though because the two of them are often running into the same position now. The more KT gets forward the less room there is for Sinclair to go into and the two of them had such a great partnership um, last season it's just a shame I've, I kind of think that he's He's been overshadowed, and he was. He came in. He was the. He was the kind of big star of the team, and the big one that yeah. everybody yeah. had. Uh, every every and other defender in the league feared being a fullback up against Sinclair. Whereas I think that feels totally gone. Uh, and I think you know we shouldn't underestimate how amazing he was, Chris. Um, would uh, should we dock his wages? <laughs> he should be punished. Um, um, uh, no. he's definitely particularly recently been off form and hasn't looked great. But, I mean, the season... See, if he hadn't came in last season, the the great season that he had, he'd be getting less crit- criticism now. If this was his first season, the amount of goals he scored, the assists he's had. Yeah. But, as you say, watching the game, you can see that he's missing opportunities that he shouldn't be missing or missing passes. How, how, how did you think he came on in Motherwell? Because um, I thought he did okay when he came on. Yeah, he just didn't... When he ran the ball out, I thought that was a bit <laughs> that kind of summed him up. He took he took the guy out on the uh, on the byline, took him on, did so well he beat him, and then just ran yeah. too far, and that kind of sums him up. It's a metaphor. It is for his entire season. He's uh, running at a time at Celtic. I think his last uh, goal was Partick. By the looks of it, so in January. That was a penalty, wasn't it? <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a penalty. Um, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> from the from no the dross that is Sinclair to the magnificent, <coughs> um, is it finally time? Roger the magnificent. Um, it's Roger Watch. <laughs> uh, thoughts? 
Louis, we'll start with you. Four hands. Um, the guy is uh, the guy's an absolute genius. No, I thought the first half. <coughs> I thought first half he just looked a class above, just an absolute different class. Um, he was our main attacking threat, our main spark of creativity. Um, his footwork was a couple of times just I was screaming feet at look the telly and Sweeney's. Look at his wee face. People were applauding me. Applauding you. Applauding me for screaming feet. Yep. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, I mean <coughs> that one where he, the ball came down, he kind of trapped, kind of trapped the ball and like back heeled at the same time, and then had the shot the top corner and just missed the top corner because the the post moved. Um, <laughs> Was superb. Um, nice one. But no, first half he was really good. Second half he was kind of fell victim as a lot of them did to the fact that there was just no space for him to work in. He he was trying he was trying things, but there just wasn't the room. Um, but you know one one thing I think that Tam gets a lot of stick. Well, the the main criticism of him is that he can't last games. Um, he got ninety minutes, um, and I think. Often, like Tam's great at the edge of the box because he's so technical, but he's also brilliant when we're breaking. See, when we're counter attacking, Tam is brilliant. At, I'm not saying he he sprints like sprints forward. That's not what he does. But he can pick a pass better than most. He always and, seems- he, and he also can he can just carry it. He can just carry it, and it he's for me. He's just the best technical player there is in the team that's wrong but good try um, what, to, to stay on your point which I, I think is a good one see whenever we're breaking he always picks the right pass the pass he always picks is and that sometimes i found with a, a number of our players breaking they always not always it, it just happens a lot more than it probably should about decision making decision making in our team at times is, is very disappointing Armstrong's awful for it Sinclair can at times you know you know, make the, the wrong decision other guys like Dembele's improving on it time and time again I think Griffiths is great for it Tam's really good for it but do you know who's the best for it and I'm looking at you Dermot Coyle and it's two words it's Pat Roberts um, so talk us through talk us through Pat Roberts I thought he looked good uh, I'm so glad to see him back in the Louis team Louis is now leaving I, I, I think uh, a, a fully fit Pat would be the number 10 I think uh, you can accommodate uh, Forrest on the right Pat, <laughs> Pat through oh, the so middle head shaking uh, the I, I, I think he's going to be an outstanding I hope uh, Paddy stays another year I can't see it happening but I, th- I think he could, could excel would, right. would you can I slaughter him or uh, no, no li- I'm not finished. Because um, I was about to make mm. ask this comment. Would you, as a Celtic, if you're the Celtic manager, or just at this point as a fan, do you want to see us with a team of uh, whoever and Pat on the right with Roderick through the middle? Yeah, again, is would they be? They are brilliant together, actually, and. Uh, why can't they be wee pals? Why can't we all be wee pals? I think just Forrest has been so good this year. That in terms of the right, I mean, I, I, I would quite gladly pop, pop Forrest for uh, uh, Paddy, but most folk 
think that's unfair. Bowed looks angry. Are you I, a forest? I think we have. A, we should have ambition. Oh, I don't I form a tube bowed. I'm first here. Forrest and Roberts should be our two right wing players, and obviously they can. They shouldn't be right wing. That's bad. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> we should have two very decent players for every position, and I think that's it. And obviously, the fact they can play in other positions is great, but. Um, so you uh, want you want to, you want to accommodate <laughs> Forrest, <laughs> Rogic, and Ro- Roberts all in the one team? No, I'm saying Forrest and Roberts should be fighting both fully really fit. Who starts, Roberts or Forrest? I'm not talking about this this season. You, yeah, there's no there's no it debate. Depends. There's it's no debate right. that Forrest probably should be starting on right. form. He should <clears> be starting start of next season with a blank slate with all you've seen of Forrest and all you've seen of Roberts. Who starts if, if we're going if into if a we Champions had, League? If we physically bought Pat Roberts he's, our player. he's a better player Both fully he fit. should start until if Forrest comes in the team and he starts playing well that's fine then he gets a run but aye Pat Roberts is a better player than James Forrest Forrest is having a phenomenal season James Forrest or Scott Brown should probably win player of the year I don't. I, I think yeah. out of the, one of those two um, I've been critical of Forrest Scott in the past <laughs> sorry carry on <laughs> I've been critical of Forrest in the past um, rightly so because at times he has, he's just a very, very frustrating footballer. However, I've made it clear that when James Forrest is on form and fit and up for it, he is a phenomenal asset to have. Um, however, Pat Roberts is better. And um, when, it, for example, Forrest always really struggles against Rangers. So when it comes to this semi-final that we've got at Hamden, you know, I'm thinking to myself, who's going to make more of an impact? Pat Roberts seems to play really well against Rangers, specifically at Hamden. Obviously, he had that miss in the semi a couple of years ago, but the last couple of times we've been at Hamden, he's been excellent. Um, Forrest, again. Again, it's about picking the right players for the right games. It's not It's not a big... It's like when I dropped Dermot for the podcast last week, he took it in the yeah. chin. Okay, but he's just back fresh in the squad, so he needs he needs match games, you know, before he can thing. do... If you're, if you're literally talking about, and we'll get to that in other pods, but you're talking about playing Pat Roberts in the semi-final. He needs game time before then. Yeah, and it, well, this was yeah. the first. This was the first start of it. <coughs> so, oh, here we go. Back <laughs> five minutes in, shall we? He's, um, ju- he's just not listened to anything. He's just been no. sitting seething. Um, I think <coughs> if if you want to do anything and you want to pick up the performances, then you have to play your best players. You have to play the best creative players, and you know, at the top of the pitch that you've got. In, in my eyes, Tom Rogic is the only number 10 that we have. I don't think we have another one. I don't think proven, McGregor... Proven. No, I don't think we have one. I don't I don't think McGregor is an out-and-out number 10. I don't think Paddy Roberts could play number 10. I've seen him. He played it at Kilmarnock when we went down to the Kilmarnock game. And he had to come out wide to get any joy. What do you want, pa- what do you, what do you want from your number 10, Lloyd? I want a number in my number 10 I want somebody who can do a bit of everything that can create obviously the main job is to create but in tight situations be able to create space make space for themselves play people in hands for feet hands for feet I think you just described Paddy Roberts Paddy Roberts Roberts is great 1v1 He's better at 1v1 than anybody else in the team. But he needs to be in a wide area and take someone on and humiliate them. Does that's, reason, that's, does his, that's his job. There's a reason he drifted in against Motherwell. There's a reason he always drifted in. He drifted in. in and he hit the bar. And it was the top of the bar. Oh, right. Let's <laughs> not kid ourselves on here. It was never going in. And other than that, 
That was all he done. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right. Do you know what? He done nothing else. This is insane. This You're is off a... your head if you think he did. That's this is... nonsense. Also hitting the bars better than a goal. That's we true. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's harder. fact. Sadly, it is. It's technically harder to hit the bar than to get it on target. I, mean, I think the fact that people would doubt that Paddy Roberts can play number 10's nonsense. He's, he's got everything. And he, I think that's going to be the position maybe in his career that he'll, he'll it end won't up be his, It won't be his position for us. Because I, I don't... I, I think I think we've got more options there. And, yeah. uh, I mean, the signing him sort of misunders looking a bit strange now as well. We've gone for eight, we've gone for eighteen months. I, I, I think that this season, it, this was a bed in because I, th- I don't think people understand uh, the importance of getting to know your teammates. Um, that's yeah. what pre- that's what preseasons for. You know, he only joined. He's, he's only really been part of the squad since the end of Feb. Since the end of January, the start of February. He's a young boy. Yeah, he's fourteen and a half. <laughs> he is 22 Yeah I know but he looks tiny He does But if you just look at the number of players we've got in that midfield kind of area You know when Armstrong's coming back into McGregor, Rogic, um Question on Armstrong Thoughts when he came on I'll give my two cents I thought um, as frustrating he is when he can't pass two fucking yards I still thought he brought on a certain level of uh, energy mm-hmm. I thought he was he was quite um, high energy levels um, he had a determination. He he looked like he was trying to make things happen. Um, I know that Armstrong has been horrendously poor at times this season, um, and that's to do with a lot, of, a, a number of things. But I th- I still think that if he can hit anywhere near the height of form he hit last season, um, towards this end, you know, um, I, I just I just we don't have players who break their lines. The way that Armstrong does, McGregor can do it to an extent, but Armstrong is when he does it and he's in full flow, bursting runs. Yeah. Also, he, I mean, what he scored, what fifteen goals last season? That's you know a big thing. You get a, something, you're gonna what well, more? Just linking into what you're talking about before you moved on to Armstrong, because you know, rude. I call him. I call him. Uh, I call him best strong. <laughs> no. So, uh, no, just, it was just, just in private. Just in private. Yeah. Uh, Sir Man at the first part of his question was uh, the team has struggled at times like on Sunday to break down dogged defences should Brendan pack the side with creative players such as Masonda Roberts and Roger do you want to speak into your microphone my man to unlock defences so can you say that again because you did aye should he pack should Brendan pack the side with Masonda Roberts Roger so creative players so should we be should we be packed I'll take your what's your thoughts should we be packed full of creative players do we need Dogged players, the way you know we've got Scott Brown anchoring there. Should the rest of the players just be creative going forward? As if you, as long as you've got a solid base. So if you've got and Chaman Brown there, then having the other three is just Wah! attack. Yeah, that's fine. That was. I think that's the right noise for it. <laughs> no one asked for the noise. Well, it, it was a disapproving laugh you gave it as well. But go on, give us a better all-out attack noise. Oofed. I don't think it's just about having attack minded players or creative players I think your kind of system and formation probably have to be set and you know what you're doing and the players should be formations don't exist anymore Apart from they do, except yes. they do. No. Yeah, they do. They no. Very much. And it's so. also not a contact sport, according to Bud. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> I mean, you must love La Liga. <laughs> Sorry. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> but it's true. See, if you if you know your tactics and how you're meant to play and how you're meant to shape up, you, you don't need a team full of uh, 
you know, Lionel Messi's or whatever, just total creativity, you can play to a better kind of standard because you'll be better set up for playing decent teams in Europe. You know what I mean? That's where we'll, we'll kind of get caught out. I mean, I'd love to see Paddy, Roderick, Forrest, and just near the end of the season, chuck them all on. But I want a, a system that's going to, everyone knows what they're doing, yeah. and it's going to sort of be a proper foundation. So Sarmani was asking about dogged defences like Sunday that we couldn't break down. So, domestic, what do you do in that situation? Uh, you put oh. 10 men down the ball. Right, so in that situation, as I said, so I thought when uh, Armstrong came on that he gave a different option. Um, I think that it's balance. It really is about balance. So for every, you know, like Louis says, number 10 position, it does really, depends what you want from it. Armstrong can play in that role. McGregor can play in that role. Rogic can play in that role. Roberts potentially could play in that role. Musonda could play in that role. They're all very different players. And, and how they perform. Pat's better at taking people on individually. Armstrong's better at running off people. Uh, McGregor does a little bit of everything. So we we are good from different different games. As I said, you you pick the you pick the team you pick the team based on who we're playing. I think um, yeah. a lot of people would say you pick the same team no matter what. I don't. I would personally. I'm happy changing up. You made the point there about maybe, for example, a Martin O'Neill team very rarely changed. Yep. Um, which domestically for us, we should be able to play our game and win. We should, but yeah, obviously be dogmatic. But in yeah, yeah, in situations, I think it's you know if you, our first eleven nine times out of ten, when both teams are on form, not nine times out of ten, almost nine and a half times out of ten, if both teams are on form, our number, our, our Celtic are going to be anyone. Right, but that's not how it happens, you know. If we look at the Kilmarnock game or we look at the Hearts game, people just yeah. sometimes people just don't turn up. You know, there's no denying that you can you can watch a game, and you can see maybe someone not putting in the effort that they would did the week before, for example. But I don't know. I think it's just balance. Aye, I mean, I think the big criticism of uh, Dyla from a lot of folk was there was no Plan B. Yeah, and, uh, I think it helps if you get players that can en- enact the Plan B themselves on the pitch, but. Having other options and other players to bring on, really, sometimes it provides more of an impetus to actually change things up. Uh, I think that's sort of been proven, uh, especially at Celtic over the years, that uh, you do need to get different people in for different kind of situations. And uh, yeah, I I would never just stick to the one kind of team. I think think. O'Neill's a good example of that, because when we did need to change it, when we went away in Europe, the players just weren't used to it. I think that was a big part of why we were so poor away from you. But the thing with Neil is he got it right to start with. Whenever, it, whenever, obviously the Champions League was different because we that was just tougher. But for example, on the run to Seville, or the the run to Seville was an example. And I know we always come back to this, right? But essentially, it's the glory days of contemporary Celtic. Um, O'Neill got got it right first time. He didn't have to change it up. Sometimes I think that Rogers takes gambles which is fine I, I, I like my manager to take gambles but he has to it has to then be fixed throughout the game yep. again which is fine where it doesn't really work is Europe if you if you're not set up right from the get-go in Europe I still don't necessarily blame Rogers for a lot of Europe I think a lot of the players just shat it <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of players just genuinely got the fear and couldn't carry out his instructions so 
we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the season. But, but see, see when we go out, I mean, we're at the stage now, there's not that many games left. We're out of Europe. We've already won one trophy. We're going to win the league. You know, right now it should be about entertainment. It should be about, Fair you enough. know, providing a bit of a bit of excitement for the fans. And, you know, we're playing in a league where, yes, we are expected to win every week and we probably will win majority of weeks. So what is getting people turning up to the stadium? What is getting the players excited? What is getting the manager excited? Surely it's to play some entertaining, attacking Football and we've not done it. We've I don't think we have done it enough. There have been there's been more dross games, but we'll get even to the, though we'll we've won. Then there has been really entertaining, beautiful flair football. You know what I mean? And I know you can't get it every week, but we should be getting it more than we're getting it. Um, and I I don't know if it's I think it's a psychological thing as well. I was reading an article. I think it was in the Guardian, and it was about. Oh, look at you! I, I know, it, no, I interesting stuff. I can't to claim you. to read it all the time, but you know. <laughs> um, and it was Vincent Company, and he was talking oh, about yeah. how they are, by all intents and purposes, going to win the Premier League this year, and he's determined that. Um, he wants to to make sure that the pre-season that they have, in the summer coming, is. D- different <clears throat> different to the pre-seasons that they've had in the past when they've won the league. He says it's been very, very hard because they've not won it back-to-back. And he says it's been... Ve- you, you notice, you can notice a change in mentality when the players have came back having won the league the previous year. They come back and the bit isn't between their teeth anymore. Yeah. And there's a big, big difference psychologically and all that sort of thing. There has been a massive difference. And he says he's determined that this summer, that the, when they come back in on their first day back in training, that there is going to be the same mindset that they're actively going to address the fact that they've dropped that in, pe- in previous uh, campaigns after they've won the league. And I thought that was dead interesting. Then, if you if you think about that in the context of us, I mean, we've not just won the league. We had won a treble and went unbeaten. Those players came back in at the start of this season. You know, is it any wonder they don't have the bit between their teeth that they're not putting in the same level of performances? And do we need someone to recognise it? Like Vincent, I mean, Vincent Company hasn't been told to do this by Pep Guardiola. This is something that he's recognised as being the club captain over the years and the different managers. This is what he's noticed. Do we need someone like that and really address that? And is that part of the reason why this season has been quite kind of lacklustre Chris Bowd so obviously recognising that's a big part of trying to keep your momentum but as you say Celtic completed the game last season and collected all of the stars there's no there's nothing more domestically for, for them to do this season um, you're making, so there's always going to be you're making Gide, Gike Zelda Ocarina of Time more, references more a, more a Mario reference but that's fine Dermot, thoughts on that? Um, it's an interesting kind of concept of... I mean, I, I think it is an interesting concept. I, I think if you sort of to go back to sort of Louis' first point about the entertainment, the performances on the whole have been that poor since Christmas, maybe even a bit before it, that I don't think Celtic could risk packing the team with the creative players 
and assume that we were going to go out and win, entertain and win for the rest of the season, I, I think we'd lose games. I think that we were so, although we were, I would no doubt we were going to win the league before the Rangers game. We didn't have a massive lead, and okay, they've went and lost, but we beat them. Uh, but we're just, in terms of how we're playing, we're just not that far out there at the minute at all. Yeah, I think I, I think one of the things that you'll notice is on a weekly basis on social media on on Twitter, whenever there's any sort of bad performance or see these tweets where it's like, um, "Why is everyone complaining? We won the league last season." If you don't oh, want that, they're be- they're becoming more and more consistent, but, which to me seems. Just accept that we're not playing well. It's but the th- things, if you look when teams actually turn up against us, and name Kilmarnock and St. Johnson, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're found wanting. Especially uh, Hearts as well. Hearts as well. I mean, Hearts was horrific uh, yeah. when we lost. That was, a bala- that was an anomaly, I, I guess. In a I think, ways. I mean, Kilmarnock taught us a bit of a lesson. Uh, St. Johnson as well, played without any fear. Um, the, the other thing is, it's... it's it's typical and natural for this to happen. A manager comes in, fresh, new ideas, teaches the players things that they don't know, and they go out and carry out new tactics and, and try new things, and everything's new and fresh and exciting. The, the, the learning curve for the players isn't as steep now into the second season as what it was in the first. And this is what happens with every ma- That's why managers only last three, four seasons at most before they move on. Only the exceptional ones have ever been able to do it longer. And yes, you need to cycle the players. You need, you know, you need to change the players, but you also need to surely be able to to keep things fresh in other ways. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, one of the things that when he came in, I can't remember how many months into the season, but they were talking about the fact that every training session had been different. You yeah. know, and, and loads of players were coming out and talking yeah. about that and, and how, you know, inspired they were by it. Is that still happening? Is it still as, you know, dynamic as that? Or has it, is there a wee bit of, of a malaise set in across the board? But I think that's only natural. I think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's where the turning around of the squad has to happen. I don't. To me, I think Brendan Rodgers, in his mind, um, thinks to himself, what a, well, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I haven't really started yet. Because last season was Dyla's team, with the exception of two players, really. Um, this season... <sighs> You know, we've not really. He's not really brought in anyone. French Eddie's made a bit of an impact. Uh, Pat's been injured. Um, it's not like again. It's not the people we've counted on this season are Scott Brown and James Forrest. You know, Lee Griffiths was doing well before he got injured. You know, it, it, it's the same guys. You know, I for example, I I I love Lee, Lee Griffiths, right? I do, and you know what he's going to give you, and I want him to to stay longer. I absolutely do. But if 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 Rogers in his mind thinks. I can't really evolve this. He's at a level where there's a glass ceiling and Lee Griffiths can't go through it. And I know Lee Griffiths is... I'm, not, I'm just choosing him. It could be any player, right? I think he'll... Uh, you know, he's he's not at a point where he's going to go, no excuses. My, Alex Ferguson did it when he first came into Manchester United. He was too nice. He admitted it. And then when he got to his third season, when his job was under pressure, and, and obviously Rodgers' job under no pressure, but... Ferguson was like, I've been too nice, I need to fuck, and he brought in a whole host of new players. I'm not saying we need to bring in a whole host of new players. What I'm saying is, key positions need to be strengthened. Um, 
I don't know, like Mark, uh, at Mark underscore Celtic, why are we so inconsistent this season? Not so much result-wise, because last season was a one-off, but performances are up and down too much. Discuss, and that's just, that's that, that's the discussion we've been doing, saying it all season. We Those players should be doing better. I think your point about uh, Rodgers not starting because it was Dallas' team is uh, spot on. And I think if you look back to Dallas' time, uh, he was let down by the players. Rogers, a big name, comes in with the same players, then suddenly they're, they're able to play. Drawing through walls. Aye, and I don't believe that, you know, oh, it's an interesting training session. Makes a professional football player suddenly think, oh, I'm going to go out and actually try. Perhaps some of those those guys weren't... Uh, given all, given it, given it all. Uh, I think Dyla's actual tactics and the way he, was, he said he'd set out to play football when he came is very similar to what Rogers' philosophy was. The high-pressing game... The idea that these folk were learning new things under Rogers, I think, is a nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can't treat them like they're, you know, I mean, 10 year olds learning the game. They should know this stuff. And if they don't, Dyla and John Collins told them again and again and again. And, I mean, it's Scott Brown threw it at the end of that reign. I think, uh, I think, I think it's interesting. Sorry to jump in, but it's like Steve Clark, he's came to Kilmarnock, um, brought in one or two different players. But, you know, the thing that people keep saying, these players keep saying, Chris Boyd, for example, keep saying, Steve Clark does things, and it's just so simple, and everyone knows exactly where they're supposed to be playing. But, but, but the thing, but the thing is, Steve Clark is a disciplinarian. Steve Clark is a guy who people respect. So, why have you not been doing that for managers previously? I, Can they not be I, trusted I, I, to do yeah, their best? I've, absolutely, but I think I think one one of the major differences, though, in Dial and Rogers is the level of detail that Rogers goes into. For example. The the whole thing about um, playing with 10 men. I mean, the fact that they train and practice for so many different scenarios. They, they uh, There was another couple of examples that some... Uh, I can't remember if it was one of the players in an interview of it was Rogers himself. Said um, the, the, the everything is, is kind of situational. So if the... They train for specific scenarios such as going a goal down, um, losing a man, all of that sort of thing. And they'd all planned it, so they knew their set set routines and, and all that sort of thing. That, for me, is a... That's where you're getting into a Premier League manager. And there is no... I don't think there would have been any players in that squad that will have been as well prepared for individual games as that. Previously, and Dyla couldn't. I mean, Dyla oh, yeah, couldn't well, even there's, there's change no, his tactics there's no during comparison. the game. There's no comparison between Dyla and Rogers. We're not no, saying that. But, but what's your point? But the the style of football. Yeah, the, the style. You're you're going to play yeah. a high pressing game, high intensity, and the players just didn't do it. And then Rogers comes in, and oh, oh, suddenly I can do it. I was like, no, it's nonsense. You know, <laughs> and, and you're looking at certain specific players that you think there should be no excuse for the difference in your performance then as to. Now. Exactly. Um, Chris Bowd, um, Anthony Ralston. Um, there was a bit. Anthony Ralston went on loan to Dundee United for the rest of the season. Uh, again, as we, we say in every episode, uh, social media doesn't define the support, but it's a nice dipstick in to see how you know maybe percentages of the. You know, is that good? Dipstick. Isn't it? What is a measuring stick? Dipstick. Yeah, that's it's like, it just sounds like a dick. Carry on. Please don't swear. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, Please don't swear, Farquhar. Um, the fa- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a potty Dips. mouth. Yeah, potty mouth. Sorry, um, but Ralston, what's your kind of take on that? Ah, uh, yeah, you, you would 
probably go against most of Twitter and say that it's quite a reasonable move. Um, I do understand, obviously, Lustig is now dead and <laughs> can't be used in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but Ralston is a, a young player, he's developing, he needs game time, um, getting game time in uh, a decent level of league is obviously very important. They're chasing um, the title, so every game's important, so he learns about. Not that he, not that he doesn't know, but there's a little bit more pressure on him. Mm-hmm. But if he if he joined a mid table Premier League team or something like that, but Dundee United are under a lot of pressure just now, so that's good. Positive. It's the the, the Celtic or the mentality will have at Celtic ultimately, and that's the thing we've uh, not. He's not played since, since September. Yes, yes. So I mean, it would have been nice for him to get a chance with Celtic, but um, ultimately, if he's going to go there and get games every week, whereas if We've got three at the back, he's not necessarily going to play, plus potentially Lustig and maybe Gamboa would be a Gamboa is away. Yeah. Gamboa is away, but right now, if it was the semi-final and Brendan Rodgers wanted to play a back four... He would play DeVries at right back. Anymore. He would play DeVries at right back before he played Gamboa. Which yeah. he would, he's just not good. He played Jack Henry. Yeah. It's, Gamboa yeah. is an, a, a, it's an odd one. It is an odd one. I don't really know why he was brought in. I think... Uh, the loan deal shows that uh, Rogers was didn't have Ralston in his plans for the rest of the season. No, uh, I think we've seen how Ayer benefited from going out and loan. Perfect and, example. And yeah, game time in and then come back in at a later date. Uh, Hendry, perhaps Rogers. I mean, Rogers sees these guys every day in training, knows what they can do. None of us have seen Ralston since September, so you know how good he Louis actually saw, is. Louis, Louis saw him at Silverburn. Saw him in Silverburn. Uh, he looked correct. Like good walk. I didn't. He was stationary, but um, he looked really good. That's not good for a fullback. It's really not. Mind, you know? <laughs> we want the fullback pushing on, bobbing on. Okay, um, we're just going to take a small interval, and uh, well, this is, it'll just be noise for you. Language can't you read? Nature 
So we're just going to look at um, the season, uh, second half of the season review. Um, we've got the international break coming up, um, so this would, I thought this would be a good time to just kind of look how we've done since uh, January, or sorry, the start of February. Uh, just some kind of points. Um, so what I've done is I've created a spreadsheet. Um, everyone has access to the spreadsheet. Um, and it's every game we've played this se- uh, since January since we came back from the winter break. So starts on the 20th of January with the Scottish Cup game against Brecon and it finishes with the Motherwell game at the weekend. Um, it's 13 games overall and I've made a, a scoring system. So I've asked the guys to mark the game as zero for poor or unacceptable, five, five for acceptable and 10 for exceptional. Um, just looking to see kind of how we all feel from a kind of point of view individually and kind of get an, an overall sort of look at it. I also had uh, John Murphy has uh, taken the time today to do one for me and uh, you can follow John at the John Murphy on Twitter. He, he's, he's some boy. Top man. Top man. So uh, I'm just going to go over some... Uh, so since uh, we've came back from the winter break, we've played 13 games. Um, three of those games have been in the Scottish Cup. Two of those games have been in the Europa League and eight have been league games. Just looking at the league um, overall, points gained, 17. Points dropped, 7. Um, five wins, one defeat and two draws. Goals scored, 11. Goals conceded, 5. Thoughts on that? How does that work out? Numbers. Aye, <laughs> uh, good numbers. Alright, okay, fucking not. Let's no. dive a little deeper though, Chris. Okay, um, I'll just, let me just finish off the, the stats overall. Uh, Scottish Cup, we played three games, uh, we won three games, scored 11, conceded two, they were against lower league opposition. However, um, in Europe, ach, we all fucking know what happened in Europe. So, uh, I'm going to come round uh, the guys. What I've done is I've filled out, um, as, a, as a spreadsheet, point system and also there's a comment if there's comments to be made or just a kind of brief discussion and thought on the game so I'll start first about you're doing everything yeah I'm just it's making me think of the Midmorning Matters book review club but it's fine carry on happy with that <laughs> very happy with that yeah. you know that podcast doesn't normally rate games with numbers it's more about opinions and feelings have you ever held a microphone before Yep. Uh, hi. This is sidekick bowed. Sidekick bowed. <laughs> anyway, so first game, uh, and you can play along at home or when you're walking. Well, damn, it's looking at me like I'm an absolute. Don't dickhead. you ever? <laughs> did, ever. You, did you not do this once with a quiz and it just bombed? At least I'm fucking trying. Right. Right. Jesus no, Christ. we appreciate the effort. Anyway, so the first game against uh, Celtic versus Brecon. Um, as remember, zero poor. Five acceptable, ten exceptional. I've got five for that, and the comment I've got is professional. Uh, Dermot? Five, and the uh, comment was fine. <laughs> fine. Yep. Um, uh, points, ten. No comment. You can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> we won 5 now. We won 5 now. Uh, Louis impressed by goals. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It, we don't get until um, the Zenit game where I actually had a comment. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, Bow, thoughts? Uh, I, I rated it 7. <laughs> there um, is no 7. Oh, I thought you could go anywhere. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, shit. See, I mean, this is why the quiz didn't work. Christ almighty. I've got a seven and a half in there. <laughs> this is... 
This is fucked. Already. <laughs> All right. Okay. So five. It's right, acceptable. So five. It's the expected result, but it's obviously. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, John has five. Um, he puts. I attended the game. Competent professional performance. Exactly what we expected. Fair enough. So we start. That's we came back from the uh, the winter break. P- game at Parkhead. Five nil. Perfect. The second game after that was Partick Thistle away. Um, John had that as a five. Uh, battling performance um, from the team. Griffith saved us, if I remember correctly. Correct, that's exactly what happened. What have you got, Dermot? Five. It was okay. Fine. Um, I've got five as well. Well played in. You got five as well, yeah. <laughs> Bounds changing his 6.9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this was actually five. So oh, that's, 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 that's acceptable. Acceptable. Uh, did the job. Did the job. 2-1, I think they scored a penalty or something, maybe. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, it was a lustig giveaway. The pe- Fuck. Should be zero. Uh, so Celtic versus Hibs, uh, we won one nil. Should have just wrote co- uh, Lustig again in the comments <laughs> boxes for all. Well, you could have if you fucking remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an. Accept- I think you'd be safe. To be honest, <laughs> I would have been. To be honest, I would have been happy with any comment in the box <laughs> no. at this point. Uh, so Celtic versus Hibs, uh, one nil. Um, we won. I just put a five for that um, and hard fought win. Dermot. Yeah, I don't think it was exceptional. Uh, expect to beat Hibs at home, so it was a five, and uh, it was good, but nothing, nothing great. Nothing yeah. great. Louis? <laughs> Ten. Ten. Five. <laughs> Comment fucking smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just add that now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Proud? Uh, six. <laughs> and <laughs> I expect the result against a decent Hibs side. It's... Uh, I hate you so much. Uh, John's got five. This was a hard-fought win. Great goal from Griffiths. Uh, was and that's when he went off injured, of course, and he's he's not played since. So essentially, Griffiths hasn't been available since the twenty seventh of January, um, which is unfortunate and uh, disappointing. But there we go. Um, so the game after that was the three one game against uh, Hearts. I gave this one a ten. Um, this was the game where I thought we had turned the corner in terms of um, because we'd been winning as we've seen we'd won every game previously but this is the game the first game of the season since the the, the coming back from the winter break where we'd really excelled uh, played fantastically um, excellent football Uh, John's got 10 as well one of the best games of the season in terms of performance shocked that we didn't uh, kick on from here I think that's kind of the main sort of point what yourself Dermot yeah uh, got 10 for it uh, good I mean it was a, a great game great performance uh, and I you thought things were going to change in terms of the actual performance as Just well as the result kick on from there Louis uh, yeah 10 best performance of the season have you, you taken that from just Oh, he's actually got it written down. I've actually got it written down. Lovely um, stuff. The highlight of the of the season overall. Lovely. Um, Bowed? Sorry, what game were we talking about? I was, <laughs> I was redoing it <laughs> with your very bizarre system. <laughs> it's not bizarre at all. Um, Celtic versus Hearts. Uh, hearts? Uh, he's given it an 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I thought we were talking about it. That's good performance. <laughs> uh, the hearts, <laughs> hearts game, I gave it a solid 8. Uh, <laughs> performance. It's a solid eight. So, I'll, I'll give it a ten. Bout see this girl of one to ten, would you anchor this uh, segment of the podcast? Uh, Eleven. I honestly don't know why. I, I think try. this 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 new new segment's off to a bad start. <laughs> Hopefully honestly, it's off to a bad fucking end. Oh, I picked the wrong panel for this. I picked the wrong. See if this was Christian, he'd be fucking waiting himself. <laughs> oh yeah. 
okay, so the Zenit game, okay, Zenit game, I think, would all would be a 10 from everyone, I'm guessing. Or are we just missing the Kilmarnock game? Oh, no, sorry, yeah, sorry. The Kilmarnock game, uh, I, that's the first zero for me, uh, and I just put poor. I don't think anyone really turned up in that game. Uh, what about you, Dermot? Aye, same, it was a zero, uh, and I think this is where we'll finally find out if a team with a half-decent manager could school his players and what to do against us would be would be struggling. You think it was mainly down to... Yeah, I guess you would. I think it would. I think he uh, he, he drilled Kilmarnock very well, uh, plus... Uh, Malumbu as Malumbu well. was just great in that game. It was class. What do you think of that game, Lee? What was your kind of mark? For the Kilmarnock y- defeat? Yeah. Um, <coughs> zero, just... Kilmarnock, I mean, yes, Kilmarnock were, were good and Malumbu was class on the day, but, you know, we should still really be, we should, we should still be beating them, um, so it was it was poor, but I don't know, Kilmarnock's a bit of a fairy tale situation now and you can't really wish them any harm now, can you? Bowd, what's yours? You get 9.6. Uh, they got a 1 because Billy <laughs> have been doing so well, so I, thought, <laughs> I won't give it a 0. You've ruined. You've ruined us. Yeah, but aye, poor result, poor performance. Well done to Kelly. Uh, John's given it a zero. Celtic were atrocious. Kelly deserved their win. Chris Bowd, I'll ask you this while we're kind of talking about and discussing it. Um, do you think that if the standard of manager improved in Scotland, that the standard of the league? Do you think the thing? Obviously, if you look at someone like Steve Clark coming into a club with limited resources, a club who were bottom when he took over. And he's now got them into the top six. I think they're what only four or five points behind Hibs. Do you think if we improved, if we got better managers, that we could improve clubs overall? I know that's easily said. I know that's a very obviously essentially essentially. Aye, Um, we we could certainly do improving the the quality of manager in Scotland. Part of it though is. Um, Steve Clark respects the game in Scotland and knows it and understands it. Yeah. So I think you know you could you've got clubs that maybe brought in English managers who thought this is a dirty league. I walk this league like certain <coughs> players, um, and have failed failed because of that. So Steve Clark's got a combination of actually being a very competent manager and. Um, given the, the, the league the due respect that it deserves. I think that's an excellent point. Aye, I mean, I think... Lee Clark. Yeah, I mean, Lee Clark was kind of found out a bit, uh, and it, it really did show a bit of a lack of respect, but I think Steve Clark... Um, I've got to pick my words carefully here. I was going to use the word lucky, and I, it doesn't... I don't mean it the way it sounds. I think he had Chris Boyd there. He managed to get back in form. He had Jordan Jones, and he was able to get in Malumba. Brophies came through. Uh, he's I mean, played he did, excellent. There were actually some cracking players there, whereas someone who I'd really quite like is Alan Archibald, and Thistle just don't have the same, the, the same kind of resources or the same drawing power. I think Clark had a sort of the prior relationship with Malumba that managed to get yeah, a player of that yeah. quality up here. Uh, whereas I think Archibald's a great player and does a great manager and does really smashing stuff with what he's got. Yeah. And, well I was gonna say any of the any of the stats guys, you can follow X Cynic and Backpass Rule and so forth. Yeah. They would have told you any manager coming into Kelly would have expected to have done well because they weren't yep. performing as well as they should have been. So basically, just regress to the mean. You know, a lot of teams that have a poor start to the season have a great God, end. This has went stats, hasn't it? Um, regress to the mean. But he's doing 
well above and beyond what it should be. But even if you're given that little, yeah. the team weren't Aye. playing as well as it should have been. But then, see, well when, <coughs> see when you look at Kilmarnock over, like in recent times, they've been an absolute shitstorm. Like how it would take someone who was very good and had a clear idea in their head to be able to wade through that and he's been the man to do it whereas others have, have clearly failed but it wouldn't have been an attractive job no you know he I, went I there because of his relationship there and you know and, his, and history that, there. his history there and, and stuff like that but do you think um, so do you think well, his, his family are all from I know, but do you not think that for Steve Clark any job was an attractive job given as he hadn't had one since West Bromwich kind of it was a good opportunity he'd been the manager yeah. of Reading and yeah. stuff and it kind of he'd done okay but then he just but I think it's look, still a massive gamble to go to Kilmarnock, yeah. That's a wage, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think that... I think if you're the, not getting a wage? I think the, p- yeah. the point would be, I, I, it is a gamble and it isn't, because ultimately, if he didn't do as well as he has done, he would say, what can I do? And most people would have went, aye, it's quite limited. But because he's done so well... The problem with Steve Clark is, um, I don't think he should stay there next season, because it probably will become a shit show. Because you yeah. can only take stuff, clubs like that, so far with such limited players. To paraphrase, was it Yaz? The only way was up. Yaz, you know? of course. The only uh, way is and up. It, and it was for Kilmarnock when he came in. He yeah. Literally, anything he'd done was going to be better. Dermot, when and they had the, the basics there. And it's not to slag off Steve Clark, and I know, I think he's done an amazing job, and he showed like kind of the quality he's got, but I think there's. It does a disservice to some of the other managers in the league. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I mean, it does. But to be honest, anyone that has Kirk Broadfoot in their team deserves a fucking medal. Um. <laughs> Sorry, the one by I've just realised who you remind me of and what you're looking like. You look like Zach Gibson. I'll take that. So there you go. One of the best heels. The ever best ever. podcaster in Glasgow. Soon to be the best oh, podcaster. This, this, this coach has totally. no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> no. um, I just want to highlight something for the listeners. Um, I'll take a picture of these and put them, post them up. Ah, you should. Um, My embarrassment. Chris, Chris made this uh, spreadsheet, but. In Bowd's defence, there is no key to indicate the points system. There's a key on Bowd's though. Look, there's actually a key on Bowd's. <laughs> I thought that was to give you an idea of the scale. I didn't realise that there was only three <laughs> options. There's a key on Bowd's. So actually got it. <laughs> you can't tell me that you would put... <laughs> Alright, no Bowd, hold on. Those what? are equals. If you've Zero got... equals. Five <laughs> equals. So Ten equals. It, it's still a scale though. It could be a sliding skill exactly. in your defence. If you, you wanted know. three options, then I'd one, said, two, and all. I, oh, I, said, no, I no. said put zero, five, or ten. Zero equals... I said the same thing to and the three of you. equals means it's... it's, it's See, these two gentlemen, these two yeah. gentlemen here, these two gentlemen get the exact same explanation to you. Look, you have a key on your thing. I. It's <laughs> a handwritten key. I, I do point not out. play by your rules. Okay? Oh, Jesus. You don't play by anyone's rules. I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> You're a maverick. Anyway, let's fucking end this and get it out yeah. of the way. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so Celtic versus Partick I've got So we've tallied up our points Pouch Gabbett 50. 600 69 and a half I thought it was quite <laughs> Surprise surprise <laughs> right, right. 60 Right what's his prize Come on roll it out No let's finish it quickly Right uh, So Celtic versus Partick uh, I gave it a 5 um, We were 3 nil up uh, Finished 3-2 uh, Good victory Played well Defence was poor um, John also gave it a 5 Um He's put, didn't see it. I was at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw honesty, 10 minutes. <laughs> honesty from John, that's enough. Sloppy at the goals. <laughs> I wonder how the wedding was, though. How would you rate the wedding? Do you think? No. Um, Dermot? Uh, five, yeah. I mean, we should be beating Partick at home. 
Yeah. That's all there is to it. Uh, Louis? Uh, five. Bowed? Five. You've put seven though, haven't you? <laughs> I put six. Zenit? <laughs> uh, uh, ten. Superb. Uh, John's put ten. Uh, hard fought. Great win. Great goal. Dermot? I've got a ten. I've got, it's, it's the only r- truly impressive uh, performance on this sort of spreadsheet. Yeah. I'd say I think I've got two other tens actually, Aye. but I think Hearts. I'd, I'd give it a ten, and uh, later on I give the Rangers one a ten. But it's more for the Rangers one was for the result, just yeah. as much and it's as uh, yeah. a performance. Uh, Louis Dog. Personally, I thought the the Hearts game was the best performance of the season until the Zenit game, game. Um, where that totally eclipsed it. Is, um, is the Zenit game the best performance of the season? Best performance of the season, hands down. Shut the front door right now. Dermot, is that just before I get to you about? Is it is the is it the best performance? Yeah, I think you've got to look at the opposition. But no. it's tainted by the fact that we shat it in the second leg. We'd, we'll get to the second. We leg. did, and I don't think Zenit were very good. But I think the standard of player um, and the, the type of football they play, you know, the counter attack, it was going to be a really tough game for us. About, probably. I mean, Andal like the way he's got a shout, but I think this was actually a more mature performance. Um, but it's a fan- aye, fantastic result. I actually would have given a, a, on my sliding scale. I gave God. it a nine purely because we should have scored more than one goal. Yeah, I, I think. See, you make a point about the Andalite game, which I, I think the Andalite game was phenomenal. Um, however, we still had a wee bit of a rock. This is this is completely nitpicking. Totally nitpicking. Um, we had a little bit of a rocky twenty first twenty minutes, and then we really hit our, our thingy. The Zenit game, I thought we were great from start to finish. That's why I yep. would put that just above. Uh, so that's a 10. Um, Celtic St. Johnston at home finished 0-0. I'll give it a 0. Poor poor performance against a poor St. Johnston team. John also gave a 0. He put turgid St. Johnston are a shower of fucking animals. <laughs> I can't disagree. Uh, yeah, put, give it a 0. I thought it was similarities to the Commandment game. Wherein you know the the week before, or the game before, we looked like we turned the corner and we we're starting to play, uh, and then so after the Zenit game, uh, St. Johnson come to us and we just don't turn up for it at all. Yeah, uh, <coughs> yeah, zero. But we made a lot of changes in the game personnel wise, and everybody's attention was after being on the high as Zenit was on the second leg as Zenit, and I gave them a pass. Okay, um, because. I didn't really care about the St. Johnson game. To be honest with you, I was more thinking about Zenit and preparing for the second leg of Zenit so that we could we could dominate and go through. Fair enough. Um, we'll see what happens next week. Bowed? Aye, pretty much the same. I, I gave them a two. wasn't zero <laughs> because of what Louis just said in between the two kind of Zenit ties. If you were give, to give it a zero, five or ten, what would you give them? Uh, zero. Lovely. So not a two. Uh, Zenit versus Celtic. I've put zero. Pathetic. Louis? Uh, typical shambles, bottle went. Dermo? Yep, zero. Totally disappointing. Uh, yeah, it was tragic. Zero, an actual zero. An actual zero, your Terrible part. result slash performance. Uh, although, to be fair, I did expect them to be as, but it was just that. Yeah, it's just capitulation. John's also got a zero and he's just, just pathetic. Um, Absolute zero. Uh, Aberdeen game. Uh, John puts five. Good win with ten men. I've actually put ten. Um, I've put not the best performance, but the fact that we went down to ten, um, I thought we dug deep, and I've highlighted KT and Dembele um, for their winning goal because I thought it was it just oozed class. Uh, Bowed. Uh, this was seven and a half. 
Not <laughs> a not, not a great performance, but the result was decent. And as you say, we we did it. Well. I'm have to go, I'm going to go back and put a disclaimer at the start of this section, just saying, please look. I'll take a photo because you fucked it about. <laughs> Because I think I've made this section without this nonsense that I'm <laughs> providing. I don't think this is a section. This is a section, uh, Louis. Um, five. Um, I thought we were poor, and we. In fact, it was ten men that didn't do anything for you. No, not really. Um, I, I just thought we were poor, and I, I felt I felt we were in danger until Tierney t- scored that goal. Dermo. Uh, yeah, I agree. I give it a five. Um, thought we were poor throughout. Thought Aberdeen never really showed much against us anyway, and they yeah. were poor. And they were missing their best players. So, so five, was, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Celtic Morton, I just put fine five. Uh, yeah. John Bow put five, fine. Compare all right. You see him, ev- everyone same. put five for that. Uh, seven did a rad job, and I've drawn a little tricolour. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, uh, Louis. Um, I've put five um, boring but job done uh, this is the one I'm quite interested I've put ten for the Rangers game um, I've put excellent ten man performance uh, class shone through in the end um, it's a collection I don't think we necessarily played our best game um, I don't think we tried we did we, we didn't necessarily get out of first gear again mentioned all this last week um, but I just thought to go to ten men for half an hour backs against the wall stuff played actually better with 10 at times uh, so yeah 10 for me Dermot uh, I was really torn on this one it was a 5 stroke 10 and I ended up plumping for the 10 uh, because of the result and the way we sort of dealt with them but I thought Rangers were poor and I thought we were poor I think that um, the result really kind of papered over a lot of our performance uh, and also we kind of took our chances really whereas we hadn't done that in previous games I wouldn't have been surprised for us not to be able to score the yeah. way we were playing in that game so but because it was us being the new club give it a 10 um, I gave it 5 1 but not great um, I think we were the better of two poor teams I thought they were absolute dross mm-hmm. and we were only marginally better on the day and that's why we won marginally by 3-2 but one massive highlight was the quality of the goals because the quality of the goals are outstanding all three of them uh, John Bowles put 10 Bane, Hendry, Eddie, Ollie um, the terrific outsiding with 10 men keep your distance 8 um, but out of zero, five or ten, no. so I would go down to five. Basically, poor, poor mistakes. Fantastic fight back, though. Great quality of goals. Why, why you went seven? There's no way it's a ten. What is your there. scale about? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. You're off. Always round the down. scale. Uh, final one. Um, let's end this hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> by the way, I've just put zero um, against ten men. We should be winning. Put a five, just because I. I mean, it it wasn't a great performance, but the way uh, the game kind of went, you kind of knew after a while that it was just going to be one of those games we weren't going to cut them open. And then when Sinclair was gifted a chance to score, he didn't. So I kind of think we should have nicked it against Motherwell. Uh, I don't think it was an unacceptable performance, even though we were playing against ten. Uh, Louis, um, five dominated, but. Motherwell were dogged. Bowed. Three reducing to zero. Boring shite. Okay. <laughs> um, can you 
kind of tally up what you're going to do. Um, uh, so I've put a. Um, so I put. So obviously this is since the start of the season. So on based on results, uh, zero to fifty is poor. Uh, you know, sixty to ninety is acceptable. Uh, and anything other than ninety, this is just a scale I've kind of came up, came up with. Anything other than ninety is exceptional. Scientific. I think we're all going to kind of. I've got sixty, so I'm right in the acceptable mm-hmm. route. Nothing really to complain about. In ter- we can obviously there are plenty of things we can complain about individually, but uh, it's fine. We've played, and from my point of view, I think yeah, it's it's fine. Highlights being uh, Zenit, uh, Celtic versus Hearts, um, Aberdeen versus Celtic away. Uh, what were you, Dermot? What did you get? In the end, I think it came out at 65. It was going to be 60 or 65. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was barely acceptable, is not it? Really? You know, um, we get the benefit of doubt because of the, the result against Rangers and the manner of the result, but really the performance was poor. Zenit away was terrible. The Aberdeen game wasn't great, I don't think, and just a lot of kind of average kind of uninspiring performances in there. Yeah. yeah. Louis, yourself, what did you get? Uh, 65. 65, so you're kind of in the same yep. boat. Yeah. We're all kind of in the same boat, but I would imagine you'd be in the 60s. Uh, 55. 55, okay. So, yeah, you're still it in that. Makes me a turquoise 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 turtle. I don't know what that means. This is like those personality tests you get in work. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you ever heard a microphone before? Uh, no, no. Could you could you explain that in detail? Yes, uh, John's got uh, sixty himself. Um, so essentially, uh, that was just. I, I think it's quite an interesting way of kind of looking at. It's fine. We're all. It's acceptable what we've been playing. Um, some brief, some big highlights, some sad lows. How many zeros did you have? Two. I had uh, Celtic St Johnson and Zenit Celtic. Oh no, I had three in Kilmarnock Celtic as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd similar. What about you, Louis? Uh, three uh, Kilmarnock St Johnson and Zenit. Uh, John had St Johnson Zenit and Motherwell. Um, uh, Kilmarnock, sorry. Four. Um. So yeah, I was just wanting to see how where it was a bit of a disaster. I'm not going to lie. It's the last time I fucking tried it. <laughs> Uninspiring, like the performances over that. See, this is See, this is this happened. This is what happened because he was on a real high, busting it on his moves, <laughs> made up a quiz. He got slated for it. Chris dropped I, the I, podcast for the next couple of months. I, I Come on, son, we believe in you, see, right? We just want you to condense it a I, wee bit. I think it's to do provide a scale. I, I think it's pre- to pre- do to do with the panel as opposed to. <laughs> I'm going to do this next week with Christian. Just me and Christian on our own in a room, naked. Um, I don't know why we're naked, but and I bet you it's at the best. Wow, he's got no personality though. Oh shit! Uh, who is? I think he would excel at this. Mm-hmm. Works an equation. <laughs> Excel. I know. Like a spreadsheet. Oh, you got it. You were just. Anyway, um, to finish up, uh, you'll need to find the right formula, but you'll get it. Fuck up. You're a computer guy. You should be doing computer stuff. You should be coming up with a bowed, literally. Is that like a <laughs> IT crowd joke or something? It's such a joke. Turn it off and then on again. Uh. Um, no. In all, in all seriousness, uh, what, what I, I don't even want to <laughs> talk that much about Joey Barton, but what a wanky! <laughs> yeah. it's, just, oh. it, it's just it's just him. Uh, it's, well, take away just the clickbait element of it. He it's just pish. It's just insecurity, is what it is. He came to Scotland just like when I was talking about the managers. He came to Scotland expecting to dominate. He, he literally said, 
Well, maybe not literally. He said words to the effect of "I will dominate." He did not. He said league. he said Scott Brown yeah. isn't in my league. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the that's the phrase I was thinking of. Um, and Scott Brown not only dominated him, um, and Celtic dominated Rangers, but he got dominated. Uh, Ali, Cro- Ali Crawford, fucking yeah. Hamonakis, Donati dominated them. Can Greg Dicker dominated them? <laughs> 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 he <get> dominated <laughs> left, right, and centre, and dominated by a dicker. <laughs> probably the only games he played well in were like you know Annan, Strenroir, Strahead. This is why he maybe thinks it's a, a pub league quality because when he played against the fucking <laughs> lower league clubs in the cup, he did well. He got smashed left, right, and centre every other time he played. <laughs> Don't hold back. Um, um, he's just he's a joke. Nah, he is a joke, man. He's he's really. But he's the type of guy that I want to hate. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Joey. Don't disappear on us. Don't fade into the abyss. <laughs> keep peddling this pish, man. We we love it. Yeah, um, I just pathetic though. Um, one thing I'd like to make a point. Um, Tam McManus um, had you know did a retweet of Barton's retweet talking about how oh, it's a disgrace and blah blah blah. Then Tam McManus tweeted Masonda looking like a monumental waste of money for Celtic. It's clear Rogers currently doesn't think he is better than what he had previously. What? Yeah. <laughs> Tam McManus is doing on a Scottish scale what Joey Barton tries to do on like a UK wide scale. T- Tam McManus just he needs to have, he needs to have a sit down and a cup of tea. Am I right, bud? Yeah. But see the fact they're talking about him. Aye, Aye. It's just a Sutton type Pretty thing, isn't it? He's got that wee column in the Herald. Aye. So he's just trying to get his name out there. Uh, Sham nonsense. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's uh, that's our time, thankfully. Get get this podcast so far, you fuck, it's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I actually thought it was really good up until that commercial break. Well, we've got an hour of good stuff. As I said before, it's not the fucking... We could just fucking chop Are we not doing the players? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> There's only three, four of them? No. No. Uh, we're actually out of time anyway. It's a bit of a waste of time with me. Um, <laughs> you wish you hadn't rated those four players. Um, yeah. you, put five, you put five for all of them, didn't you? No. No. You put ten, five, and then we've not seen enough of Comper or Masonda to really make a decision. Did you put ten for Bean? Yes. Fuck. So did I. Oh, yes. So did I. Oh, fu- all right, okay, let's quickly do them. Can, can, so you put ten for Bain. Yep, he's played two games. And so what's he got? What's he? What's he going to do? I mean, personally, I think eight would have been a more <laughs> score. I mean, but, but when I saw but it wasn't na- on the scale board. When I saw his name in the team sheet against Rangers, a few kind of butterflies. He was outstanding. No, he was. Yeah, I'm not. He not, was, not and the scale was. 10 is outstanding, wasn't it? So be, I can't wait until he makes a mistake and we can all pounce on him. Yes. And rip Some of his kicking yesterday, if it was Craig Gordon doing it, people would be, like, you would be, Louis would be <laughs> trying to attack the TV. He's Came in. There was at least two 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 points yesterday, and I love him, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's still learning and all that. But if it was Craig Gordon who'd made those uh, kickouts, people would be going mental the way they weren't. So yeah. be careful what you wish for. I don't know, I heard that. What? Is that a thing? Uh, aye, so Dermot gave 10 to Bain, 5 to Hendry, 5 to Masonda, and nothing to compare. Uh, no, compare and Masonda both get... Uh, not nothing, just two soon to rate. Aye, I, I, I agree. Not, not I, seen enough. I agree. I think Hendry could be... I don't mean he's like a poor acceptable or he's just good enough. I think he's, he's looked... 
he's, he's, com- he's not good. Com- you know, he's just competent. Yeah. Um, outstanding and I think he, he could become outstanding we know he's got a lot he's yeah. got room to improve yeah that's it he's a work in progress isn't he absolutely um, so uh, let's let's end it let's kill no come on now let's be positive this was a, this is a quality product that people this are listening to here product. this has been very good this week it has it's just you know it's the fun of the shambolicness of the thing people will love it and if they don't they give exactly. if they don't they can always you can rate it one star, can't you? Fuck no! Oh, sorry. Don't oh, oh, say that. <laughs> it's a scale of five, five, <laughs> or five. Bowd rated his own podcast 2.3 stars. <laughs> Is one star worse than nothing? Aye. Because it shows you've went to oh, the effort to say this crap. I don't know if you can do zero stars, or I think can you may have to. But if you no, don't rate it at all, then surely none of them. No, well, if you don't rate it, it's it just a rating. Yeah, because you're giving right. us a negative rating, right. so it brings down the average. Right. Um, as, as we say, uh, jo- all joking aside, thank other fucking mean yeah. whatever it is. Um, all joking aside, thanks to everyone who has taken the time to rate uh, the podcast on iTunes. If you could, uh, you know, if you haven't already, give it a go. We are just a bunch of guys who genuinely love talking about Celtic, and it's you know we don't make any money from this or anything. So, yeah, so be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't lie, just please lie. Yeah. Um, no. Five stars, master raters. Bowed as a master rater, absolutely. <laughs> Wank joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so if you could, if you could subscribe and leave a comment, that would be terrific. We'd we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we I think there won't be a normal podcast next week. I think we're going to do a feature podcast, um, but details of that will follow on the Twitter account. Um, you can, if you can search for us on iTunes, um, type in 90 Minutes Cynic into all your podcast providers and we should pop up. Um, subscribe and leave a comment. We're also on Spreaker, spreaker.com slash the 90 Minutes Cynic. We're on Facebook um, and we're actually posting stuff on Facebook, so maybe get involved over there. Facebook.com slash 90 Minutes Cynic. If you are a racist uncle, this is that's the platform for your 90 Minutes Cynic, your old Facebook. You've got a couple of nieces and nephews, don't you? I do. Boom. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you can check us out on Twitter, I was bound that wanted the the two right wingers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. let's did. squeeze as many right wingers into the team as we can. Put as many. Uh, right that's about that's what I call him. Bring, bring back that guy from Villa, or was it Villa? We got who was the wee guy we got in London? Tony, 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 Bout's favourite. Oh, we're wrapping up here, boys. Um, Shay Logan, CSC. Here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> you fucking throw me up my thought. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. Um, that's where all our uh, dates and deets are kind of posted. And uh, yeah, if you follow us there, you'll you'll find out part. You know the cynicals on there as well. 90MinuteCynic.com is our website. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic, and that's where all our information can be found. Dermot Coyle. Cheers. Thanks. As always, Captain Fantastic. I've decided to call you. I'm okay with that. Yep. The Owl. Rating this podcast a ten. Thanks, Chris. Ten out of ten. Love it. It's an eight from me, Louie. Solid eight from me. <laughs> the scale is on the actual picture. Yeah. I'm going to post that out. I'm going to put down that picture. Uh, Bowed, uh, Gimli, um, the G-Man, as we're calling you. <laughs> the Giminator. Um, the Master Rater. The Giminator, the Master Rater, Chris Bowed. Uh, as usual, terrific. He just he just nodded, ladies and gentlemen. He's been podcasting for seven years and he just nodded. Like a wizard. Yes, exactly. Bowed. Yes. Hello, thank you. Let's uh Welcome to the Nine Minutes. Yes.
join us <laughs> on this fellowship. <laughs> right, that's it. I'm Chris Gallagher, we're the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs> <laughs>